Bits. A brief podcast before the MA and Tech Conference in Berlin. Welcome to another edition of Tech Law Bits, a small podcast in preparation of the IBA M&A in the Technology Sector Conference in Berlin on March 23rd and 24th. My name is Martin Schoenbacher. I'm a tech and data lawyer in Berlin, and I can't wait to see many international colleagues in my hometown again. Um, with me today is Philipp Köhler, who actually is a national, not an international colleague, um, um, and uh, Philipp is an important part of the Munich office of Taylor Wessing. Hello, Philipp. Hi, Martin. Um, for those of you who have attended conferences co-organized by our Technology Law Committee, you know the drill. We will again have roundtable discussions with almost 20 table topics to choose from. And I am talking to most of the moderators to give you some orientation on the many options you have when you attend the conference. Um, before we come to Philip's topic, may I ask you to briefly introduce yourself to the listeners, Philip? Sure, Martin. Um, first of all, thanks uh, for making this podcast so that our listeners may get a taste of the uh, very interesting topics that are going to be discussed at the IBA conference in Berlin. I'm Philip Kohler, an IP and tech lawyer at the law firm Taylor Wessing based in Munich. And uh, a particular focus of my practice is advising businesses on regulatory tech and IP requirements in the platform and e-commerce sector. Right. And you will be moderating the table um, or a table on the new Digital Services Act together with our German colleague Oliver Zume of Field Fischer in Hamburg. Um, what are the two of you going to discuss with the attendees? Well, we are um, going to discuss a very interesting topic, uh, which is, uh, at least from my perception on everyone's lips at the moment, it's uh, the Digital Services Act and its impact on on the digital business uh, in general. Right. Um, for those of uh, the listeners who, who don't know, what's the Digital Services Act? Um, the Digital Services Act, um, in short, it's called DSA, is a new um, EU regulation, which is um, basically um, going to apply from 17th February 2024 but there are already a few uh, requirements that need to be observed um, as of now. It's, uh, um, yeah, maybe, maybe let me go a step back. It's, it's, it's more or less supposed to provide a new level playing field for, for digital intermediary services with respect to all kinds of different uh, um, angles, such as um, safe harbor privileges, due diligence requirements, transparency requirements, And so on and so on. It's a really, really massive uh, piece of legislation, uh, which is going to create a lot of issues and challenges for, for a lot of different um, digital service providers. Absolutely. I think it's one of the, uh, from a regulatory perspective or from the perspective of an advisor in that field, it's probably the, the most, the biggest things for like the online business since the GDPR came into force. Uh, I, uh, I Definitely, think. yeah. Uh, and um, well, I, I just said digital businesses, um, how, uh, it, it, who, who's affected? Who, who of our clients would have to, uh, you know, ring bells when, when it comes to the DSA? 
Well, um, all, all kinds of different businesses. I mean, um, intermediary services are basically services that provide uh, users with access to goods, um, services, and content. I mean, it's at the moment it's quite difficult to exactly scope what a particular service falls into the scope of the DSA and which uh, service doesn't. But like classical services would be um, social. Um, social media platforms, online marketplaces, app stores, um, content sharing services, and so on. That are, that are more or less the classical services that are affected by the DSA. But the problem is kind of that the DSA's wording is very vague and it's still kind of open um, where the threshold uh, ends um, at, at what point the service is not affected by the DSA anymore. So that is more or less something which we are working on right now to to kind of carve out the details and uh, and see where where the scope of applicability begins and where it ends. Oh, I'm not I'm not going to uh, now now after after GDPR you know uh, again uh, um, yell at the European legislator to come up with with this. I mean, you, me, and many other uh, colleagues in Europe basically profit from legislation like this. But I mean it. It, it's it it is wild that we cannot as as people who actually have to deal with the new regulation don't really know what it's where where the scope ends um that that is uh yeah interesting yeah yeah <laughs> I, i i know what you mean but it's but i think you know i i'm not really sure if the legislator actually knows where the scope uh, begins and where it where it ends you know it's it's uh It's, it was an ambitious project, and um, it's just something that that has to be, has to, or we need more 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 details and and contours. You know, when 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 this legislation is actually lived, because right now I don't really think that that the legislator is is really spe specifically aware what what I mean of all the services that could be that could be affected. I mean, I mean, especially when you take a look at the digital business. You know, like there are so many find differences between um, digital business models. And uh, it's just, you know, um, not really the, the the wording and the recitals of the DSA don't really provide for, for such uh, specifics uh, and details. And, and that is just uh, unfortunate for clarity at the moment. Absolutely. And how do we, maybe to get this M&A context into this, um, how, how do... Um, yeah, how do we deal with this? I mean, the, the scenario, very easy. We advise a platform that um, uh, is um, uh, subject to the DSA and they are going to be acquired next year. So what do we do right or wrong now with respect to the DSA um, uh, to avoid, uh, well, uh, questions in a DD process later? Yeah, I mean, I mean, um Well, obviously, uh, the, the buyer side is, uh, is is going to want to exclude or mitigate risks to the best extent possible. So I would say, you know, in case of doubt, one should assume that uh, the DSA applies and and take all necessary measures to uh, um, to influence uh, the, the the seller to um, take the necessary measures to, in order to um, to get compliance with the DSA. And, uh, well, I mean, obviously this is, uh, like a twofold process. Um, you need to, you need to, uh, take a look at the, within the DD phase, you need to take a look, okay, what kind of issues are we going to have with, with a specific target? 
And, and if not all um, issues can be remedied before the deal is done, you know, that needs to be certainly uh, reflected within the APOSPA. Right. Like for instance, within within uh, the guarantee provisions, for instance, you know, because I mean, one thing that that is really important. I mean, you mentioned the GDPR before. The DSA also provides for significant fines of up to six percent of the annual global turnover, and uh, it sh it should also be considered that uh, uh, that there can be damage compensation claims by recipients. So, so this is really really important um, to to reflect within the deal. I, I, I just had a, a, a little a brief introduction for clients the other week, and I said, not two, not four, but 6% of the annual turnover. I, sometimes I think the clients just don't, uh, they just say, oh, wow, another, another huge fine that, that applies and then is maybe not ever, uh, you know, applied. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's just, you know, the way that uh, European legislation works um, or has been working for the last couple of years, and I suppose in the future as well. It's just, you know, I think we have to We have to anticipate that that this is going to be part of part of the legal packages uh, from now on. Every every bigger uh, EU legislator um, legislation is going to have such sort of um, fine uh, fines provision, which is usually uh, between two and six percent, maybe. Yeah. So I think that is just something we have to get accustomed to. If if this is going to be enforced in a in in, the, in this in the same way, that's that's a question we have to see in the future. But I don't. I don't think that this is going to come like tomorrow, like like really like in in a in a, in a short term. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there is at least a theoretical risk we have to deal with. But but the pair of high fines and unclear regulation um, uh, is always an, an ungood uh, combination. I, I I just think it's just very odd that that you know the fines are so high and people just don't know what to do, right or wrong. As again, good for us lawyers, but um, for for the you know the responsible companies, it's and, and decision makers, it's, it's bad news. Yeah. Maybe coming back to maybe one or two issues uh, you want to like pick from the DSA that you think are especially relevant um, for let's you know let's just stick with the digital businesses um, that that are new um, and need to be observed. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think, I mean, I think everybody already gets the sense, you know, the list is, the list is quite long. So it's kind of challenging to, to like narrow it down to, to a digestible amount. But I think, um, the most important, uh, issues and challenges are the ones that are, are currently, uh, on everyone's lips, which is uh, the calculation and publication of the average monthly, um, active recipients within the European Union. Um, that is that is a, um, a requirement that already applies um, as of 17th February 2023. Where so the, this where is the, sorry, where the EU Commission gave us guidance a week before the uh, deadline. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That that's the one. I think that is that is certainly one uh, which which we would discuss because it's like like I said, you know, it's just one of the hottest topics at the moment. And I think the other one we already mentioned as well is is the scoping. Really like to discuss. From, from different angles and um, and perspectives um, if if a service provider of a specific uh, service provider falls under the scope of applicability of the DSA right um, yeah excellent uh, Philip I think um, 
that gave a good impression already on what to expect uh, uh, from the DSA. And I think DSA will, just like data protection, just like cybersecurity, uh, play a, a big role when it comes to uh uh, double-checking compliance with a potential target in the future, maybe not this year, but uh, at least two years from now, we will see uh, DSA compliance uh, portions in DD reports. I think that will be for sure. Um, yeah, la I agree. Last question I, I ask all the moderators off the table. Um, why should attendees join your table of the uh, uh, about 20 to choose from? Well, I mean, we, we want to provide participants with a better general understanding of this very important piece of legislation and what issues and challenges lie ahead. And our discussion aims to provide um, a basis to obtain a better understanding of the DSS issues and challenges from an international and multi-jurisdictional perception, being, a, being able to see angles and insights from various different countries. And we would be very happy um, if you would contribute to this. In particular, we want to carve out any commonalities and differences of perceiving the DSA in different countries. That being said, we would uh, be very happy if you join our table at the EBA conference in Berlin. Excellent. Um, thank you very much, uh, Philip, uh, for joining me today and looking forward to seeing you and everybody else um, next week in Berlin. Likewise, Martin. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bits. Bits.